A podcast we'd like you to check out is The Movies Ruined My Life Podcast. MRML is just a bunch of friends having ridiculous conversations about movies that they love. They are sometimes vulgar, sometimes reserved, and sometimes introspective. Okay, they're almost always vulgar. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find Movies Ruined My Life on SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, Mixcloud, or at their website, MoviesRuinMyLife.com. Another podcast we'd like you to check out is The Screen Dump Podcast. Movie musings from a couple of people who have an obsession for watching pixelated motion on big, medium, or small screens. You can find Screen Dump on SoundCloud and Mixcloud under Screen Dump. Listen, if you got blasted millions of miles through space, ended up on another planet, and were given an IQ test by a janitor, you'd be a little pissed off too. Hi everybody and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, Steve and I find a movie that gets sucked through a portal through space and then it lands in Cleveland. And we try to help out the movie and say, hey, are you a classic movie? And the movie goes, yeah, I'm a classic movie. And we go, well, we don't trust that. So then we investigate it. We put it through lots of tests. And then we see if it's a classic. And if we like it, then we go, hey, hey, well, great. We're going to help you start a musical career. But sometimes it'll land and we'll say, hey, are you a garbage movie? And the garbage movie goes, no, I'm a classic. I'm underappreciated. And we take a look at it, and it turns out, hey, it is a classic. And we hope that one get a musical career. And if it's not, we cram it back into its recliner, and we shove it back out into space. And then we don't care what happens to it. Exactly. Yeah. For people who think I'm having a psychotic episode, what we actually do is we take <laughs> classic movies and re-examine them to see if they hold up through time. Or we take universally maligned films, films that are known as flops, films that have become famous as awful pieces of garbage that were that were, we were subjected to either as children or as an adults, and we remember them not with fondness, but with contempt, <laughs> anger, with an undying hostility towards that film. And we take a look at them and we say, oh, well, you know what? There's some good things about this movie or there's some bad things about this movie right Steve? Yeah I like I like the way that you make the introductions like the movie Yeah I'm gonna do that from now on and I'm gonna stick with them and I'm not gonna give up on them I'm a can-do guy and I, I'm gonna follow through on stuff it's, from now on It's an important skill you know as, as an adult to... Yeah it comes in real handy Anyway <laughs> Like when we're watching some of these movies for instance I'm gonna stick with this I'm not gonna bail out This week we're going to watch a movie about um, um, displacement and about uh, what happens when you're suddenly thrust into a foreign environment. How do you deal with that? What kind of emotions do you go through? And more importantly, how can you deal with those things when you are a duck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when your only friend is Leah Thompson. Yeah, well, that must suck. (laughs) (laughs) The movie we're reviewing is the first ever Marvel film. (laughs) Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yep. I'm, I'm biting my tongue. People are waiting for the review. I'm not going to say anything. All right? Yeah. We're just going to, me and you, we're going to move on to who made it, and then we'll go directly to the recap. Yeah. Not going to indicate how I feel about it. Nope. I, I've been giving away too many of these podcasts by saying things like fuckwads and uh, I, I hurt inside and I'm bleeding and stuff like that. Yeah, we're going to be impartial this time. We're not going to give anything away too early. Yeah, wish me luck. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Howard the Duck was directed by Willard Hayek. Never heard of him? Neither had I. He was a friend of George Lucas when they went to film school together. That's just a coincidence, though. I don't even know why you brought that up. Well, maybe it's because it was produced by Gloria Katz and George Lucas. Oh, okay, never mind. Written by Howard. Oh, written by. That's so funny. Written by. You're doing written... it. You're, you're doing that thing that you said you weren't going to do. Shut up. I have no self-control. <laughs> Willard Hayek and Gloria Katz. Which is based on Howard the Duck by Steve Gerber and Val Myrick. Um, for people who aren't familiar with Howard the Duck, it was a, uh, how would you describe the comic? An existential satire. Yeah. 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 Uh, a, a weird little cult comic published yeah, by Marvel like a, Comics. <laughs> a weird film noir comic about a duck from another planet who's, for the most part, kind of a jerk. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. Um, anyway, it's starring Leah Thompson, Jeffrey Jones, Tim Robbins, and because I promised I would do this, from here on out. These two people's names do not appear in the storing by credit, and they deserve it, even if the movie is awful. Um... (laughs) Ed Gale, who is the guy in the Howard the Duck costume, and Chip Zine, the voice of Howard the Duck. And there are a lot of puppeteers and all that other stuff to puppeteer the suit. And I don't, I'm not going to name them. Screw it. They're grunts. I don't care. <laughs> Artists, my ass. They will die nameless. Also, David Paymer, uh, Paul Gilfoyle. Am I saying that name? I right? believe you are, yes. Okay. Liz Segal, Dominique Davalos, Holly Robinson, Tommy Swerdlow, Richard Edson, Miles Chapin, Paul Comey, Richard McGongle. <laughs> Virginia Capers, William Hall, Richard Kiley as the voice of the cosmos. That's what it fucking says. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's that's what he is. <laughs> Who I can't imagine had any idea what he was reading. <laughs> All he knew he was getting paid $50,000 to come in and say one line for five minutes. What the hell is this? And then he turned around and found out that he had a job waiting for him at Jurassic Park. It's basically doing the same crap. Exactly. Brian Steele, who is the voice of the Dark Overlord of the universe. I'm going to include the full title because mm-hmm. it's important. That's the character's name. <laughs> and perhaps probably the only role that I kind of enjoy because I liked his music and he's a Bay Area native. Thomas Dolby as bartender. <laughs> Music by John Barry. Songs. And there's so many. There's so many songs, Steve. And they're all so memorable and catchy. (laughs) Songs by Thomas Dolby. Cinematography by Richard H. Klein. Edited by Michael Chandler and Sidney Walensky. Production company, Lucasfilm Limited. Look for the Lucasfilm title. It means quality, kind of. (laughs) Distributed by Universal Pictures. It was released on August 1st, 1986. Shot in the back of the head, August 2nd. <laughs> no, it was... <laughs> Technically, it had a theatrical release. Its running time is a blessed 111 minutes. Its budget was $37 million. Hey, Steve. Yes. Here's a fun game to play. How much do you think it made? Oh, I'm going to say less than the budget. Oh, so close. <laughs> Ready? Yes. It made $38 million. Oh. Wow. So it made its money back? That's more than I thought. Kind of? (laughs) A little background on this movie before we start. 1973, after George Lucas made uh, American Graffiti, he was talking to his friend, Willard Hayek, and he was like, hey, I like this Howard the Duck um, comic. It's it's neat. It's it's existential. It's weird. It's it's a satire on comic books. It's funny. I like it. It should be a movie. And uh, once it got through the Hollywood pulping, machine. (laughs) Nothing about the comic that made the comic good wound up on the screen, but they still made the movie anyway. 
Um, <laughs> they had already this, built the duck suit. They said, you know, yeah. we're going to have to do this. Now, this has been known as a stupendous bomb. It is the bo- the butt of jokes. It's kind of the, it's, it was like a Marvel embarrassment. And also, it was like one of the only superhero, well, it wasn't a superhero movie, but a comic book mm. movie that came out in the 80s. Yeah. And um, I'm not joking. This is the first Marvel um, uh, product, the Mar- Marvel property yeah. that was, that uh, hit the, uh, the big screens, the first adaptation, which explains why we didn't see another one for a really, really, <laughs> really, really long time. Yeah, for some reason, uh, Hollywood producers were not beating down the doors of Marvel <laughs> Comics, saying, "What else have you got?" Now, Harrow, now this kind of ruined the Har- uh, the the Howard uh, character in the comics. He kind of disappeared from Marvel for a little while, but he still pops up from time to time, and he's kind of having a little bit of a resurgence thanks to his brief cameo at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, and also comic book um, artists and writers who will love for him, despite Marvel saying never put Howard in anything, have been dropping <laughs> him into comics all over the place. He's one of those characters that will not die, because when he was good, he was really, really good. And no stupid fucking movie, I don't care who made it, George Lucas, is going to kill Howard the Duck. Yeah. As hard as this movie tried. (laughs) So, Steve? Yeah. Are you ready to recap the plot of this epic sci-fi adventure Mm. featuring duck tits? Yes, I am ready. I'm ready for duck tits. Good. (laughs) Ready for the recapping of the plot of Howard the Duck. Spoilers, people. Spoilers. If you've never seen the movie, just listen to this. Pretend like you've seen it. You're saving yourself. Yeah, honestly. You're not, yeah, you're not going to be upset. Look, unless you are recovering from dental surgery and you're too weak to get up to change the channel on the TV, you're never going to have to watch this movie. (laughs) And point of fact, if you're high on Novocaine and giggle gas, it's probably the best way to watch the movie anyway. Oh, boy, yeah. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Yeah. Drinking your milkshake through a straw, (laughs) watching Howard the Duck and laughing your ass off. (laughs) Laughing at, I guess, just the fact that there's a duck on screen. And when the drugs were off, you're not even really sure if you watched a real movie to begin (laughs) with. Was that even a movie? I'm pretty sure I just watched an anthropomorphic duck run around for two hours. That, was that actually a movie? <laughs> I had a nightmare where a duck had sex with Leah Thompson. <laughs> no, baby, that was Howard the Duck. You watched Howard the Duck. Oh, oh it's real? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Okay, go for it, Steve. Okay. Start us off. Okay, so yeah, I guess we, we open on uh, Duck World. Where everything? Are you sure? Because it kind of feels like the beginning of a film noir with the saxophone music. Well, but see, we, we get that we we, we open on a, an exterior of like the city skyline. Yeah. But there's two moons. Oh yeah, that's so right. You no, know, it's not Earth because Earth only yeah. has the one moon. That's right. And uh, yeah, but this is Howard's home planet. And as we as we as we learn in the next couple of minutes, as the camera tracks through Howard's apartment, uh, mm-hmm. the world is pretty much exactly like our world, but it's except it's all puns it's yeah it's ducks instead of people instead of humans it's, and it's uh, duck puns yeah oh yeah yeah like if in case anybody knows there's one thing that i hate more than anything in the world it's puns and these aren't even good puns like these puns wear out their welcome there's very no quickly. such thing as a oh, good pun i like Steve. i like a nice pun every now and then that's like saying oh he was a nice nazi <laughs> Uh, I'm Dita the nice Nazi. <laughs> no, he had candy in his pocket for the kids. I mean, there's something nice about him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, like, uh, there's, there's, we see movie posters in Howard's apartment because, uh, yeah, the movie... featuring May Nest. May Nest, yeah. And W.C. W.C. Um, Fowl. Duck pun. Yeah. 
Yeah, W.C. Fowl. But the movie is still called My Little Chickadee because, you know, why change that? Well, yeah, because that doesn't... Or, or Breeders of the Lost Ark, yeah. which makes ne- such a... That's such a porno. Yeah. Oh, that's got to oh be. Oh, my yeah. God. And, yeah, and Howard comes in. I guess he's coming home from work or something. And he sits down and he's watching. He flips through the channels on his TV, which allows him to make some more duck-related, you know, attempts at, I guess, I guess. It's funny parody. because it's ducks. It's exactly. See, the commercials are funny because it's ducks. He watches a jock itch commercial featuring ducks. Yeah, and, and uh, a soap opera. And then he wonders if he has jock itch by scratching his little duck ick. Yep. Hey, it's a kid's movie, so it's is it? That... <laughs> Wait, is it a kid's movie? <laughs> That's the thing. I don't think it is, but it's this is a but it PG is. film. Yeah, it's but you you hit on it right there. I mean, the 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 overriding comic sensibility of the entire enterprise is it's funny because it's ducks. Like that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um. So Howard is and Howard is a duck, right? And he's 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 sitting there watching TV, and he he yeah. he has he I guess he opens his mail, right? And it's there's a, a postcard from a girl who says she misses him. Yeah, and and she can't wait to see him when she gets back. And one of the posters is also of. Howard's band that he used yeah, to be from in high school, from high school that he used to be in because remember in the 80s if you had a lead character they want to be in a band or some sort of musical career yeah that that character Troy I don't know what was going on in the 80s but everybody everybody wanted to be in a band Marty McFly was in a band everybody was in a band or aspiring yeah. <laughs> aspiring to be well, yeah, and so and it, oh, and he he, uh, we get to see the duck looking at porno, at pornography, because he oh, has he a copy gets, of Play Duck. Play Duck, because yeah. it's funny, because it's ducks. Ducks. It's like instead of a human woman, it's a duck. Girl. And we get to see the centerfold of a duck. Yep, yep. And I believe he calls her his airbrushed beauty. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, all this really gross stuff is happening. But if you're thinking that's where we where we see duck tits, no, no that's, that's not only it. The first time. It's it's coming up <laughs> soon though. There's. Oh boy, is it ever? So okay, so here's what happens. For some reason, Howard is sitting there in his living room, and then this this like tractor beam. Well, no, the, the things start to we shake. We don't see anything. There's it's like, just yeah, chair, chair just starts to shake. It starts to shake, and he goes, "Oh no, a quake!" As though this sort of thing happens all the time. I don't know. Why didn't he say, "Oh no, a quack"? A quack. <laughs> it's funny because it's, it's ducks. It's an earthquake. Get it? Get it? <laughs> Get it? Um, yeah, so everything starts to shake, and yeah. Howard's a little freaked out. And then his, the, he and the chair that he's sitting in just get yanked by some unseen force through the wall, right. through the right. hallway, through other people's apartments, through other ducks' apartments. Through other ducks. Yeah, well, they're, they're not people. They're, they're ducks. They're duck people. <laughs> They're duck people with hair. They're, Explain that. Yeah, that's a little. There's a lot of ducks with hair. Obviously, you know, there's been some evolution, you know. Where they have hair. Where they have hair. I don't know why, but. Um, he gets yanked through the hallway where we see more ducks. Yeah, and then, and then he gets yanked through somebody's bathroom where there's a lady duck taking a bath, and that's where we get our, our best shot of, of duck, of duck tits. tits. Uh, um, now, uh, for those of you who don't understand biology, ducks are not mammals. <laughs> They, they're ducks. They do not nurse their young. They do they not. Don't, our whole species is named after those two organs. <laughs> and, um, and there's no reason why a duck would have tits with nipples. Can you explain that? Why? Yeah. And it's not like we get a fleeting glimpse, glimpse of them. We stay on them. Yeah. This camera. Yeah. The camera stays there long enough so that we can't miss it. Yeah. Oh boy. Can't so we. it's like everybody see it. Okay. Let's cut. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that there's an extra long reel in George Lucas's private collection? It is safe. Password protected on his computer. They're really hating Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) This will make me feel better. Oh, my airbrushed beauty. 
No one understands my genius. <laughs> I think it's funny. I don't know why everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, we see a woman and she's singing to herself. And yeah, so, and it's just that that's, it, it, I mean, if if you wanted to know what this movie is about, it hits you right then and there, right in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, oh yeah. Can't say you weren't warned. No. If you... But then what happens, Steve? Well, then the... the tr- While we're recuperating, shaking our heads, trying to figure out what we just saw. <laughs> Howard gets pulled out into outer space. Yeah, his sofa, his little recliner burns up. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't. But his, his recliner burns up and falls off him like a booster rocket. Yeah. And he goes flying out into out into space. Yeah, he gets pulled into this gigantic glowing space urethra. Yeah. And he does not die. No, he screams and flails the whole trip. <laughs> the whole trip is while he's flying through the vacuum of space. <laughs> and this is when we hear the voice of Richard Kiley, who says... <laughs> what does he say? He says, I can't remember his exact words, but it's some very, like, portentous sort of declaration about, you know, in the beginning there was blah, blah, blah. Like, this is this is some really deep, important, cosmic-level shit. Yeah. Uh, he says that there's worlds upon worlds yeah. in our, in oh, our well, yeah. And where, where what everything... is yeah, what is fantasy on one world is reality on another. It's yeah. possible. All possibilities are realized, and we're gonna force you to watch this possibility right now yeah. and here. Yeah, it kind of because. And then he says, "In the beginning, there was Howard the Duck," and we get the big splash of Howard the Duck. And I don't know on your copy, but on my copy, when they showed Howard the Duck, did the logo fall out of frame, and you could see the side area of the. the I I don't know if this was a remnant on just my what I was watching, but it was kind of like the special effects crew accidentally shot the back area <laughs> for a brief second. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> Maybe it was just me. Anyway, so Howard goes through the air and he falls down to Earth where uh, apparently he's indestructible mm-hmm. because he comes in at Mach 5, uh, flies through a billboard, bounces off a few buildings, and crashes down into a junk recliner in an alleyway. Yeah. And he's not dead. Nope. <laughs> He's just sort of mildly confused. Like, what, what was that? And uh, now we start the joke that keeps happening through the rest of the movie. What's that, Steve? People see that he's a duck. Yeah. <laughs> and they they either freak out or they laugh. Yeah. They, uh, oh, hey, it's a duck. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, my favorite scene is when he gets off the bus and someone is literally leaning out of a bus going, that's a duck, man. <laughs> I know. He's been on the bus the whole time. <laughs> no one noticed until he got off and then yeah he gets up and as he's walking to the door all of a sudden people are like what the holy shit mm-hmm. yeah so yeah he runs into no you know what happens the minute he he lands in the alleyway a bunch of extras dressed up like the way hollywood producers think gangs are dressed up yeah um grab him and they drag him into the the nightclub right that's like right up the alley yeah as a joke yeah. or something yeah i guess because they give him to a guy and they say this is your date yeah right? yeah i yeah and <laughs> And he goes into the nightclub, and that's where we meet uh, one of the other, I guess, important characters? Yeah, this sketchy uh, Skid Row um, music club, yeah. I guess, filled with reprobates <laughs> or something, you know, punkers or whatever. And it's Le- Leah Thompson's band, Cherry Bomb, mm-hmm. and they're playing some of the whitest, boringest music you could think of yep. <laughs> at this punk bar. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, a really tough, it's a really tough scene because they have to play behind a chain-like fence, I guess, because... Yeah. Yeah, people, the, you know, like like in the Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah. And somehow the uh, 
<laughs> gets out, right? Yeah. Oh, through hijinks, and then he gets bounced around, and then he winds up in a barrel outside. Outside, yeah. Back in the alley. And then uh, Leia Thompson is done, and she's walking home with her guitar on her back. And then a couple of guys try to rape her or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's when Howard says... Uh, that's not a joke, people. Yeah, that's there's... what's kind of implied is it's gonna happen. Some some really inappropriately dark stuff happens or, <laughs> or, or threatens of... to happen in this movie. Yeah. And then for no reason, um, Howard goes, I'm gonna beat you guys up with, I don't wanna say. He, he, uh, he knows, he knows martial arts. Martial art. Uh, called? Called Quack Foo. Uh, which doesn't even qualify as a pun. Like, there's no. not, there's not a rhyme, there's not anything. It's not, you know. No. It's just, okay, sure. Quack Foo. And then he kind of jumps on guys and knocks them over. Yeah. There's no real quack fooing. No, he on. does a couple of, like, just what look like really basic judo throws where the person being and thrown is doing most of the work. I'll look at it this way. <laughs> if we didn't have quack foo, we'd never have shack foo. Uh, yeah, that's true. So it it did, you know, contribute something to our culture. I hate this movie even more now. Shaquille O'Neal was watching this high off his ass one night and he was like, quack rhymes <laughs> with shack. Yeah. I'm gonna. I could beat that duck's ass with my shack foo. Hey, what if, what if I had shack foo? You guys, <laughs> I could call it Shaq for. Okay, good. I pay you to say yes and support me. That's, oh, yeah, Shaq. That's real funny, Shaq. Go for it. That's what I thought you would say. So then it's raining, and she's like, you're a duck. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to be here. And she's like, bye, duck. And then it's raining, and she looks back at the duck, and she's like, I feel bad for the duck. And she's like, you can stay with me at my place. Come home with me, duck. Yeah, come home with me, duck. And he's like, okay. They go back to her place, which she says is a, is a, a dump. <laughs> but is actually a, a spacious tr- loft. It's actually a huge <laughs> loft that's bigger than most people's houses. <laughs> And they get to know each other, and we get to find out that he has. What is this? The scene where we find out that he wanted to be a musician once, and yeah, and something. And apparently, yeah, he mentions like he also went to medical school, which doesn't ever come up again in the movie. Yeah, it's and then just... he worked, and yeah, we get this huge backstory for this fucking duck that has no which... bearing on the story at all. <laughs> well, it's, it's about like... his losses, lost hopes, and dreams. Oh, oh, is that it? Yeah, oh. because he wanted to do that. His parents wanted him to be a doctor. And then he uh, tried to be a musician and work in construction. But then he took a job as an ad copywriter. Right. An ad writer yeah. or something. Oh, no. And then he got pulled through space and now he's here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he wants to go home. And she's like, oh, well, you know, we're kind of friendly now. Or I'm in love with you. <laughs> Or something. And he falls asleep and she rifles through his wallet where we see there's pictures of him at the beach with a couple other ducks. And we see a picture of his parents and a tiny little duck condom. Yep. Because it's a kid's movie. Howard, you don't keep condoms just out. Yeah, it's not wrapped. It's not even in a wrapper. It's just out. It's just loose. And what's her reaction, Steve? I think she just kind of giggles like she thinks it's cute. Oh, Howard. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's nice. This isn't the ickiest thing I've ever touched in my life. Oh... Well, then she, you know, she she gets distracted by the by the duck puns. You know, he's got a mallard card instead of a master card. Oh, that's right. Again, she's not like, even really a she's pun. She's even shaking her head like, this is stupid. Yeah, what the hell? This is the stupidest thing ever. Why, who could do, why would there be a society? Blooming ducks. And, Blooming uh, ducks, yeah. It's like Flintstones level punning, you know. But she's got a plan. She knows somebody that can help Howard, right? She knows, well, she says he's a scientist. Turns out not yeah. so much, but yeah. So to get him there, she wraps him in a garbage bag <laughs> yes. and pokes holes in it. 
and drags him in a garbage bag through Which the city. Which becomes the metaphor of this movie, both of the movie itself and its and its reputation after the movie was yeah, released. Yeah, really. Which is a an angry duck in a black garbage bag. <laughs> she t- yeah, she she drags Howard in a garbage bag across town to the museum where her friend Phil works, played by Tim yeah, Robbins, played by a very young Tim yes, Robbins, a young naive, hopeful Tim Robbins, uh, a desperate His probably whole career very ahead hungry. of him. <laughs> yes, a desperate, very hungry Tim Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> and he works at the museum, and uh, she shows him Howard, and he has a weird freak out. And he starts postulating all this weird stuff about how... Oh, it's Howard calling. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> It, it actually was Howard it. Cohen. No, I, yeah, I'm not taking his calls. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, Howard, I told you. I don't want to be friends with you, Howard. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Uh, Tim Robbins. Phil. Oh, yeah, Tim Robbins. He's got all of these weird ideas of where, where he comes from, and then it turns out that he's not actually a scientist. He's a... A lab uh, assistant. lab assistant. And he comes up uh, to spell it out to the audience, because we're dumb, that um, on Howard's world, ducks were the dominant species instead of apes. Right. And um, then they show us, a, I guess, a hallucination of the evolutionary chart of a duck. Yeah, again, just in case we don't with get an it. egg? Yeah. <laughs> Just in case we don't get it. Um, and uh, Howard's upset and, and he's angry because no one, there's no way he's going to get home. And then he gets angry at, at uh, Beverly mm. and he's like, fuck off, I don't need you, you weird hairless monkey. And then he scares a bunch of children and he says, I'll be fine on my own, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then he has to get a job. Yeah, he go he goes to the employment agency. At, Who does he meet there? Is he, he meets a, a, a lady who, I guess, thinks that he's pretending to be a duck so that he won't get a job and he can just go on unemployment <laughs> like that's kind of what she yeah, says he, he meets a weirdly uh conservative republican yeah who thinks that everyone's gold brick yeah to, like, to i know what you do you come in here dressed like that because you think you'll never find a job and you can just go on unemployment or i'm gonna find you a job so, okay yeah and so she finds him a job and where does he work in this children's movie steve oh uh, yeah it's i mean i guess what would you call it would you it it's um and the grossest <laughs> place in the world and i felt and, like i got a venereal disease <laughs> He's just watching the movie. An adult spa, perhaps? A, a place where people go to have sex with prostitutes in hot tubs? I mean, <laughs> I don't... That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. And around every corner, there is a nearly topless woman making out with some dude. And uh, he wants to take a smoke break because uh, Howard smokes cigars. And the gross potato-like man who runs the place is all sweaty. <laughs> tells him that he's got to unclog a thing. And he's like, ah. And then he gets thrown into a hot tub with people in it and he can't swim oh, Howard yeah. can't swim because it's funny because ducks yeah and he also can't fly because he doesn't have wings right. he has these weird hands that have fingernails yeah I don't uh. yeah well because the ducks on his planet they evolved arms and lost their wings okay anyway so then he gets out of the hot tub and then I don't know if he intentionally or unintentionally slides across the floor and knocks the manager of the spa into a puddle of gross yeah <laughs> just a big awful I didn't even want to think about what that stuff was supposed to represent mm, mm. and then he quits
quits, and then he wanders around, right? Yeah, and he winds up back at, at the club. Wait, doesn't he... Is this the scene where he watches some TV through a window with some homeless people? Oh, yes, and, and, and he finds out that there's such a thing as duck season. Yeah, yeah. That, that they hunt ducks on, on Earth, and he also gets upset because he sees a couple of Daffy Duck cartoons, or just one specifically. Yeah. And then he runs away screaming. Because he realizes that, that, that the cartoon he saw was way funnier than the movie he was in, mm-hmm. and he gets really upset. And when people aren't screaming and running away from him, they're laughing at him. <laughs> and uh, he makes his way back to the <clears throat> alleyway where he first landed, and he sees uh, the club. And I guess he goes, okay, I'll go to the club again and throw myself on the mercy of Beverly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he goes to the bar, right? And he overhears yeah. uh, He overhears her manager, her band's manager, like, yeah. uh, with I guess withholding their payout. Until she fucks yeah. him. Yeah, so Howard just... <laughs> hey, kids, yeah. did you hear that? He's not paying her until she puts out. <laughs> and he has his friends are there kind of egging him on, like, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh-huh. And then Howard is standing right next to him and I guess decides to get tough. And yeah. he says, hey, you're gonna get out give me beverly's money and you're not her manager anymore i am and yeah and then uh, they slide him across the bar and then he gets tough again and he beats up the guys and he almost stabs the manager through the face with an ice pick yeah and he says you're gonna drop her contract and you give me her give me her money and he's like okay and uh, then he tells everyone to back off because he's got space rabies yeah and then the only one of the only funny lines in the film happens when <laughs> the guy on the bar goes hey tony is that a thing is it space <laughs> Rabies, and the guy's like, oh, I think I heard something about it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> And then he scares everyone away under the threat of space rabies. And then he goes backstage and we meet the rest of Cherry Bomb, right? Yeah. And it turns out one of the members of Cherry Bomb is dating Phil. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's, uh, what a strange coincidence. Yeah. Of course, I guess, I guess Beverly had to meet him somehow. That's Yeah, that's how Beverly knows him, I guess. And uh, he's like, hey, I got your money and I got your manager to drop your thing. And they're like, yay. And Phil's like, hey, I know a guy. Well, first he spits out two more hypotheses about where Howard came from that he even doesn't believe so why he's even bringing him up I don't know and then he says I know a person that I'm gonna talk to somebody tonight who may have a thing but I gotta get a one of your tail feathers and and then he yanks it out of Howard's ass without asking this duck who has been leaving feathers everywhere he goes is indignant about having a tail feather plucked out, even though this may lead to him being able to go home when he's upset yep. and his dignity's hurt. But then it's okay because he's going to go back to Beverly's apartment and they're going to fuck or something. I pretty, don't know. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. They get into the apartment. Somehow he has pajamas that fit him. Yeah, I, I didn't see any luggage following him to, to Earth, but... Uh... They show him playing the piano, and that's where we find out more about he wanted to be in a band or something. Beverly is wearing almost no- uh, almost nothing. Yeah. <laughs> she's wearing a camisole and some very revealing panties, and she's like, get into bed, Howard. Yeah. She she crawls around to get into bed, takes like 10 minutes to get from the foot of the bed to the head of the bed, so Howard can get <laughs> a nice good look. Like, yeah, she. Yeah, there's her butt. Yeah, check that out. And I guess Howard, you know, they're, they're, they're... Howard all of a sudden goes, hey, I'm I'm starting to appreciate the way women look on this planet. Yeah. By the way, ducks are awful sexually. <laughs> Did you know that? We're awful sexually. We have giant corkscrew penises and we like rapists. Yeah, just, Did you know that? Male, all male ducks are pretty much rapists. <laughs> So we'll even rape dead ducks. <laughs> did you know that we did that? 
I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Sorry, folks, if you're upset, but that's just the way nature is. That's the truth about ducks. I'm surprised that's not in the movie, and I'm surprised it's not played as though it's hilarious. Well, that's because the people who made this movie don't even have a passing association with reality, much less the reality of ducks. <laughs> what about real ducks? Do they do anything? They kind of know what ducks are. That's they we made this movie. <laughs> they put tits on a duck. Yeah, it's, there's very few, uh, <laughs> very few parallels between the, these movie ducks and actual ducks. Anyway, Beverly, once they're both in bed, Beverly goes, I, can't, I haven't met the right man. And then he starts to flirt with her and, and she flirts back. And then all of a sudden, Howard gets really nervous. Yeah, and then she like pushes it even kidding. further. Yeah, and she's really like, come on, Howard. And then, okay, there's a lot of ADR going on in this movie. There's a lot of people saying things and their mouths aren't moving. Yeah. A lot. And this is something that I think got thrown into the film because she says this line and we can't see her mouth at all. In which she says, oh, come on, Howard, I was only joking. Yeah. I think that got added in because the producers went, does this woman really want to fuck that <laughs> is that is that what we're watching, George? We'll fix it with ADR somehow. What, what What's wrong with her wanting to fuck the duck? The duck's the hero of the film. Why aren't your pants off like mine? <laughs> I sort of I saw Howard as you know a little bit more of a romantic uh, lead than the other producers. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she insists on a goodnight kiss, which we thankfully only see in silhouette. Yeah. And it's not just us, but apparently Phil and the two scientists that he was going to go talk to um, broke yeah. into her apartment somehow. <laughs> they just came on in. And they see that going on. And uh, then we get the finally get to the actual plot of the movie. We're, what, 45 yeah, minutes we're, in we're or only, something? Yeah, we're about halfway through, and we finally yeah, get... Yeah, we had to go through all of the romance, musical number, bad manager, finding a job, all of that crap could have been just oh, chopped right man, off. Man, that was, that was world building. Was it? It was all world building. <laughs> Where's the world destroying part? <laughs> when does that come in? <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. At this point in the movie, you're waiting for that to kick in any moment. Who are the scientists, Steve? Um, well, there's they're played by uh, Jeffrey Jones and David Paymer, and they they work mm. at the museum with. Uh, oh, no, no, they, they don't, don't work at the museum, but they know Phil, and they work they work in this this facility like outside the, the city, and they yeah they're uh, they're working on this device laser that, thing. Yeah, it's like a laser that shoots into the universe. I think they call it the Spectro Cannon. Yeah, and or something, and something something malfunctioned with it, and that's basically what happened to Howard was that it, it yeah. It, it was it was projected across the universe, and it just so happened. Actually, what the professor says is some unseen force moved it, yeah. and made it do a sucking thing, and it sucked Howard yeah. down to Earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the only thing they got was a feather, and that's why Phil needed the other feather because they could ma if they match, then he'd know. Yeah. that that was Howard. It's 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 basically the plot of the old of the magnetic telescope, the old Superman cartoon. Only oh, inst God. only instead of a comet, it's a duck. <sighs> <laughs> It pulls a duck. So the scientist is like, I'm going to go back to the lab and get set up for to, to send you home, Howard. You're going home. And all of a sudden we're melancholy because uh, Beverly thought she had a boyfriend. Yeah, she God, doesn't. If he goes never home, never even got to fuck each other or anything. <laughs> if he goes home, then how is Leah Thompson going to have sex with that duck? <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I can't remember what delays them from getting over to the lab. Can you remember? No, I can't remember. I just, well, and I, the, by the time they get there, there's been some kind of terrible accident right well they were there were no guards yeah right and uh, they get into the lab and they see the giant cannon and apparently oh and then what well, the first time they open the lab door there's a person that falls down and he's burned and he says we shouldn't what we shouldn't be meddling with the universe <laughs> yeah. or something like yeah. that and howard's like let's go yeah let's go in Why one not? side something 
I go in and everything's there was an explosion and then and the doctor what's the doctor's name doctor uh, guy the doctor Jennings doctor yeah. Jennings the guy who was gonna set this whole thing up he disappeared yeah, right yeah. and then for no reason at all the police show up yeah I guess somebody called him they said there's there's doings that transpiring at the old science yeah, place I, the 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 the, uh, the experiment was unauthorized I, from what I understand and now all of a sudden they're arresting everybody and they they grab Howard and it's funny because he's a duck and. Uh, they take off all of his clothes because it's funny because he's a duck and uh, the police officer is like I'm arresting you on for being an illegal alien guy because he's from another planet yeah and then they escape right yeah Beverly and and, and uh, Howard escape because Beverly pulls the gun on the cop yeah and suffers no consequences for that <laughs> yeah and then they're running around hiding in the the lab and then they run into Dr. Jennings yeah but he's not doing Except, too well no he doesn't seem to be doing well at all he's saying things like there's something inside me um i feel like something inside me is going to murder the world <laughs> incredibly incredibly ominous urgent things that the other two characters he's with pay no attention to at all right they think he's just being crazy despite the fact that one of them is a duck that came from another planet <laughs> oh and when they when they make their escape they decide to let jenning drive he yeah, seems to be the best Jenning one drive. even though he's constantly saying i'm there's there's an evil force taking over my body away my organs yeah. i can't i'm i'm becoming someone else <laughs> he's sweating profusely you know it's taking me over at a, at a cellular level just drive jenning and so he drives crazy for about five minutes and then they almost crash into uh, a cajun sushi restaurant sure. because that's funny right those, cajun sushi those two things don't go together <laughs> no Oh. But they decide that he need that they need to get coffee, but they don't get no, coffee. No, they don't. But they go in, go inside. And once again, it's funny because he's a duck. Mm-hmm. And yeah. hope you're not tired of that joke yet. <laughs> they get a booth, and Jennings is really he's he's already said that he's someone yeah, else at yeah, this point, dead. and he said it in a spooky voice, kind of. Yeah. And they sit down and they order beers, and the waitress is wacky. Yeah. And there are duck hunters there too. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's because duck hunting is like apparently I didn't know that duck hunting was so huge in Cleveland but apparently it is yeah, yeah. no, yeah. and uh, then Jennings says I'm one of the dark overlords of the universe and we're like demons and we were all banished to this part of the universe and then the sucky machine brought me down and I can't live without a human host to gestate in and that's what Jennings that's what I'm doing and I'm bad <laughs> so if anybody and, was wondering what was going on that's what's going on and he's on. like melting he's like he's <laughs> yeah he's getting worse and worse looking as this goes on and then he goes hey watch this and he uses his glowy eye powers and he explodes the condiments on the table unfortunately that attracts attracts the attention of the hunters <laughs> who pick on Howard and then Howard causes a ruckus and then there's a pie fight yeah I guess that's part of quack foo throwing pies in pie people's fight. faces a quack foo pie it fight was I guess less of a pie fight and more of a guy dressed like a duck standing there holding a pie and someone mm. running into it with their face yeah yeah the, the people who took the pies were quite helpful they just ran right into him and put their face directly into the pie wow was it impossible this guy could throw a pie? They're all, all the people in the diner that night were fans of, of classic slapstick. And they were like, oh, are we doing pie takes? And they just went for it. They just okay. threw themselves into it. Something that we uh, forgot to bring up is that there's uh, an important MacGuffin that needs to be gotten. And that's the card yeah. key. Yeah. Be- that uh, that operates the spectroscope or whatever Spectre it is. Spectre cannon. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Dark Lord of the Universe wants 
wants to reactivate it so that he can bring down more of his buds and yeah. destroy everything on the planet. And if I was going based on the people, events, and world that it was uh, represented in Howard the Duck, I'd be all for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, bring down bring down the space demons. <laughs> let's let's close this show out. Anyway, one of the hunters took the card key and put it in his pocket and now they've grabbed him. They've grabbed Howard and yeah. they're going to eat him. Yes, they're going to chop him up and eat him. They're going to chop up and eat a sentient talking creature. <laughs> yes. But uh, and and Howard keeps yelling at at Jenning or the the Dark Lord yeah. that is now inhabiting Jenning's body to do something. And he's like, yeah, he's like, hey, buddy, you can't let him eat me. <laughs> Which, by the way, is interesting. You don't usually see that in too many here, uh, movies where you get the um, absolute epitome of evil to help you out in a tight situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, I guess they they take their sweet time with this mm-hmm. because Howard. There's like two or three shots where Howard keeps sitting up. He does. They're like, like about five to, times for the and they're they're like about to take the cleaver and chop off his head and he keeps sitting up going wait wait I'm like okay if you guys are gonna eat him just eat just him ch- stop it. letting him up <laughs> yeah. And finally, on the last time, Leia Thompson tells the Dark Overlord that they have the car key, and I guess that motivates him, right? Yeah, and he uses his, he his eye laser beam. He starts glowing. Yeah. And he, he does, he, he fucks up the whole diner, the, the restaurant, whatever it is. <laughs> Everyone runs away. He doesn't kill anybody. He knocks some people no. through windows and stuff. I mean, he's not that evil. Yeah. He's not going to kill people. And then uh, Howard and, and, and Beverly try to run away, and uh, Dark Overlord Jennings stops him. Right? By spinning yeah. him around and dropping him on yeah. the floor. And then he grabs uh, Beverly because he's a villain. And that's what villains do. And that's yep. what happens when you're a woman in 1986. Yep. You are there to be rescued. And that is it. <laughs> and he leaves and gets in a big rig truck and, and drives out. And, and Howard comes outside, tries to stop him or just flail his arms around in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Dark Overlord Jennings is having a great old time smashing cars and running over motorcycles. And while he's at it, why, why not run over the duck, too? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, good. The movie's going to be over very soon. Sweet. And it'll have a happy ending. But no. 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 He's small. The, the, and he just... Yeah. He just drops down and the truck rolls harmlessly over but him. Beverly thinks hit him. that he's dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out that Jennings wanted her so that he can put one of his buddies into her body because they need a right. body or something, right? I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they or at least I guess they need a body at first, right? Yeah, and so then we and then uh, Howard passes out, and okay, how did this happen? Um, the police show up, the same cops from the lab. Yeah, they go straight, I guess, from the lab to the diner, right? And they still got Phil in the back of the car, mm-hmm. and Howard gets him out. Yeah, and then they're trying, to... and and he's calling him Philzy now for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have it. Like, why is he calling him Philzy? <laughs> and they run around trying to find a thing, right? to get away. Yeah. Yeah, they they find this I guess it's you call it a light aircraft. Yeah. Well, the the the, the ideas were let's lawnmower. steal a police car. Let's steal, you know. Oh yeah. We let's hitchhike. Let's do some No, let's assemble an ultralight aircraft that we found that's in the next building over from where all the cops are. Yes. Let's spend all all night building it. <laughs> 
Which is bullshit because I saw MacGyver build one of those from scratch in like 10 minutes. Yeah, I, it doesn't take all night. I remember Phil is doing this based on the fact that a small talking duck told him that the Dark Overlords of the Universe are now inside of Dr. Jennings and they're going to use the spectral thing to get to, mon- to bring monsters down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Phil knows what the stakes are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's what the space, the talking space duck said. Now, uh, Steve, I have a little point of contention here. Oh, okay. Okay. It'll come up again. <laughs> okay. How long when they left the lab, Jennings and Howard and uh, and Beverly, when they drove out of the lab and Jennings was driving all crazy, how long were they in the car for? Didn't seem very long. Maybe a couple of minutes. Maybe three minutes. Yeah. And that that little car trip ended right outside of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How how long does it take Jennings to get back to the lab? Uh, it seems like about six days. Even with his yeah. even with his shortcut, you know, his little stop off at the nuclear power plant. Yeah, yeah. It takes him a good long while, like all night. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the at way, least. it turns out that the dark overload needs power, and his first option is to have a gigantic, disgusting penis tentacle come out of his mouth and yeah. uh, stick it in the cig the cigarette lighter in the truck and suck up energy that way. Yeah. But not before briefly thinking that he was going to sexually assault Beverly with it. Yeah, because you, you get you have to, you know, you've you've threatened bestiality, now you can threaten <laughs> yeah, tentacle uh, rape. How do we know she won't be turned on by that too? That's <laughs> hey, you never know. She's a kinky chick. Like what's wrong with that? But apparently he needs more power, right? Yeah, so he goes to the nuclear plant. And pretends to be a senator who happens to be on a junket. <laughs> yes. Who is barely holding it together. And once again, we've already decided that the writers and producers director of this movie don't know how animals work and now they prove to us they don't know how a nuclear power plant works no apparently they think there's like one room where all the power is where nuclear energy makes electricity (laughs) (laughs) and he just walks into this like you know vault where i guess it's like the electricity vault And and he soaks up all the power and, mm-hmm. and leaves. Yeah, because that's how it works. Yeah, then this super powerful being who is now radioactive. <laughs> Gets back in his truck and drives and starts driving back to the lab, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's got to drive, yeah. yeah. On the way, he kills a state trooper and blows up a whole bunch of cars. Mm-hmm. For shits and giggles, as near as I could tell, he's enjoying himself. <laughs> he is. He's cackling <laughs> and having a great old time, yeah. He has some of the better lines in the movie. My favorite one is, she took my eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that oh yeah because we forgot to mention that at the diner they they get served eggs for breakfast and Howard has a freak out yeah because so, he's like you you eat eggs yeah I think the line the actual oh good Howard's calling me again <laughs> how many more interruptions can we have in this one he's calling he doesn't want us to mention the eggs that's still I'm a very sorry, sore Howard. subject with Howard I know your line is hey what's ovoid <laughs> what does he say what's ov- ovoid uh, what's, and what's, always what's, reminds what's, me of my birthday yeah what's ovoid white and always remembers of my always reminds me of my birthday which is actually a a funny line. That's actually yeah. not a bad line in a crap. Not terribly movie. well delivered. But. No. <laughs> so, um, oh, so we're back to Howard and Phil who have assembled the ultralight. Yeah. And uh, then they, they, Howard's got to fly it for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and Phil's like, you were, your ancient ancestors remembered how to fly. You got to channel your inner wings or something. And then they take off into the air. The ultralight never flies that high. It only seems this entire, <laughs> okay, we have a chase scene, okay, where cops are chasing. Oh, yeah. Chasing an ultralight, and they never leave the roads. <laughs> this no, flying there may machine. Be, <laughs> there may be six feet above the ground at any given time, and they always fly right along the road. <laughs> yeah. And remember, we're talking about uh, by car. They are leaving from the restaurant that's literally three minutes away from the lab. 
but this ultralight chase scene goes on forever. Oh my god! Yeah, it and they and they cross cut. Yeah, they cross cut. They they cross cut between this and and Beverly and the Dark Overlord driving to the to the the science place. Exactly. It's like, Jesus, D.W. Griffith must be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> they went the long way back. Yeah, that, that's the, the scenic route. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there's a bunch of flying and flying and bad flying and oh, Philzy nearly falls out and more flying and flying over duck hunters to scare them because yeah uh, something and um oh here's you want a little trivia quest do you want to know something yeah what 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 the guy who's playing howard in the suit and tim robbins they're yeah. in that ultralight <laughs> <laughs> they had to fly it want to know oh, why great because why? it was an imp- a lot of this movie was made at the last minute oh my god including the howard the duck suit and when they first started filming everyone on set realized oh we can see right at the actor through the neck this isn't gonna work <laughs> <laughs> We're in a bad movie. And they save the ultralight scenes where they're flying around for very last. So that's that's Tim Robbins and that poor little actor flying around in that ultralight after uh, I think like three lessons. Oh good. So, so I don't know how much of the how much of the bad flying was actually just two actors panicking on camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's truth. It's cinema verite. Whatever. It's, uh, you know, Howard doesn't know how to fly that ultralight either. No. So it's but uh, eventually they fly through uh, and, and granted there are real stunts in the movie which I, I oh, realized yeah. oh hey there's real stunts in this movie and cars flip over and, and they get shot at and it just it just goes on and on but eventually they fly through a train the wings get yeah. chopped off then of course they have to crash into the pond outside of the lab yeah where we're reminded once again um, it's funny because it's ducks and can't swim <laughs> get it like a duck to water right and uh. then they sneak into the lab and they see Jennings is tied up Beverly because of course and <laughs> and they're like we gotta stop him if only we had a weapon and because uh, just like all laboratories and movies they make everything they don't yeah, specialize exactly. in one field and uh, they apparently make weapons too and they make a laser gun there's a laser yeah. gun somewhere that they have to go get and then they attach it to a golf cart <laughs> <laughs> because that's that clearly that's what you would do with that weapon yeah exactly yeah. and then they ride the golf cart into the lab and Jennings is there and they're like we're gonna pew you and he's like nope I'm gonna pew you first and it was at this point the first showdown between Jennings and Howard where Jennings is actually very dangerous seeming yeah when he starts glowing and he makes the energy go into his hands, yeah. you're like, Howard, you're about to die, you know? Yeah, what is, you're just a talking duck. What are you going to do? I don't understand. ILM feels really bad about how crappy the duck costume is, so they're going all out with the evil Jennings special effects. <laughs> yes, they're, you can tell they're throwing themselves into it. But uh, he shoots the laser thing, and then there's a big explosion, and uh, Jennings is gone or something. Yeah, and, and there's, there's a big stop motion thingy not in yet place. <laughs> <laughs> not yet it's done uh, Phil oh, yeah, goes yeah. up to I, what I noticed in these scenes is there are a lot of things in which Howard tells Phil to do something right yeah and I think the reason Phil exists is because they knew they couldn't get the duck in the actor costume to do half the things that are required of a normal sized person like untie <laughs> Beverly or reach something on a high shelf or any of the other stuff that's going on <laughs> So he unties Beverly and then they see Jennings laying in the rubble and he looks normal again somehow. Yeah, yeah no no after effects. And he says from having your organs hollowed yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, the Dark Overlord's not in me. And you're like, yay! And he's like, no, he's somewhere in here. And we're like, oh no! 
And then that's when we see what, Steve? Yeah, the the big stop motion, like, I guess, I don't know, bat demon thing. The mouth, claw, yeah. crab, spider. Yeah. It was nice to see stop motion again. I gotta yeah, say it's that it's charming. Much. It's Phil Tippett. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not yeah. gonna go wrong with Phil Tippett. It's it's a well-executed monster, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he's kind of like, I'm angry, and I'm gonna bring everybody down to hear something. <laughs> Yeah, his buddies are on the way. And then he shoots an <laughs> ineffective energy weapon from his tail at Bev and Phil, and they start vibrating out of existence. I guess, yeah. Slowly. Yeah, it takes it takes a while. Yeah, and so then Howard has to get back in the golf cart, and he has to shoot the Dark Overlord again. And this time he explodes for real. But uh oh, more of them are coming down through the big space urethra, and they're gonna be <laughs> awful somehow. And then Beverly says, "Oh no." Phil says you got to destroy the the Spectre Cannon, and (laughs) Beverly's like, if you do that, you'll never go home, and Howard's like, it's okay, I got a nice piece of tail here on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't say that. It's supposed to be this moment where we feel for Howard, because he's sacrificing going home to save this planet of people that hate him, and he (laughs) shoots it, and there's huge explosions every place, and uh, then we see, what What do we see in the rubble? Oh, shit, what do we see in the rubble? Well, uh, Howard has his third act E.T. moment, where uh, we think the little alien's dead. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and we yeah. hear the love theme of Beverly and and Howard for the nine hundredth oh. time. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, I hope you're in a better place, Howard. No one here treated you very good. And then, um, of course, Howard, being the sensitive type, raises up and goes, I am not Howard anymore. I'm the Dark oh, yeah. Overlord. And yeah. everyone gets kind of afraid for a second, and then he coughs. And then, so it's a joke, get it? Because that's what you do. <laughs> it was just one of my patented hilarious jokes. Yeah. And then uh, right after that, the police show up because they've been chasing them through the whole movie, and they shoot everybody dead, and they throw their bodies into a <laughs> ditch and burn them and then they pretend like nothing ever happened the end like i said happy ending that's not what happened no no every no no nobody that's, gets arrested no, for anything no cops ever show up for anything no what, no. what happens instead other than jail time <laughs> i mean because they never resolve that that point that he's being hunted no. i mean that the police officer that's been hunting him going i'm gonna get that duck yeah that just kind of goes nowhere doesn't it yeah yeah so where what yeah. do we cut to we we jump ahead uh to to beverly and her band at a at a concert a big one a big concert like they're having they're doing really well they're actually saying this is the debut I think this is their first this is like their big premiere yeah and and Phil is there working backstage as a stage the the guy uh yeah I guess he's like a roadie I don't know yeah he's the one that tells people hey the lights and all this other stuff yeah and uh Howard's there because he's their manager of course dressed in his best Miami Vice suit and (laughs) They're singing a song that they're going to dedicate to Howard, right? Yeah, what? and it's what? it's a song about Howard. Yeah, called Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. A surefire hit. Uh, it's not over. <laughs> then what happens, Dave? Then uh, Phil fucks something up. No, Howard accidentally does. He pulls the wrong rope. Oh, does he? Uh, yeah, and and Howard Howard ends up getting accidentally like like lowered onto the stage. Yes. in the middle of the song. And what does he do? Why, of course, he grabs a Howard sized no, guitar. No, Phil gives him a little Howard. Or Phil gives guitar. him a Howard sized guitar, and he joins right in with. 
with the rest of the band. Playing and playing guitar and, and with the goof ups and the dancing, and we get to watch his little duck-ass swing back and forth yeah. some more, because we've seen yeah. that a couple of times during the movie, yep. right? Yeah, and, and meanwhile, Chuck Berry's cousin, Marvin, is in the sidelines on the wings, <laughs> and he says, hey, it's your cousin, Marvin. You know Stop that it. sound you're looking Stop for? It. Don't cross well, listen to this. And uh, we have to listen to the whole song. Yeah, we hear the entire song even, because I guess they were that pleased with it. Even when the credits are rolling, because even the credits are like, fuck it, we're going to be done. We're finishing this movie. We don't care. So they play the song and they play it and they play it. The credits are rolling and then they finally finish the song, right? Yeah. And then yeah. we have this little pointless bit of dialogue right at the end of that scene. Yeah, they have a heartwarming moment. Yeah, where she says, that was great, Howard. And he yeah, says... She calls him Ducky. Oh, it's just... You were great, Ducky. Yeah, kind of like calling someone Apey. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. What is that? How is that a term of endearment? I love you, you Apey. <laughs> I call all my close friends humany. <laughs> They're not close friends because in the diner scene, while they're trying to take him, take him away, she clearly states out loud, "He's my boyfriend." Oh, he's my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're fucking. Okay. Don't, you know, don't don't don't. <laughs> no, judge, though. I see, mean, it's their they life. are. They're, they're no, no. This is wrong on all levels. I don't care if he's sentient. <laughs> I know, I know it's that it's consensual between the two of them, but it's wrong. Yeah, there are some lines you just don't cross. Look, Didn't you see Grizzly Man? Kirk clearly defined what aliens are okay to fuck and what aren't okay to fuck. <laughs> Uh, this is outside the clearly established Kirk there is protocol. no way i don't care how big the tits are on a duck if kirk saw that duck he'd be like oh no i know i have a reputation but i've got limits i'm not gonna <laughs> fuck duck. like we got her for your birthday jim she came out of the cake and everything <laughs> i'm not fucking the duck bones Get me a mammal or something. Put that camera away. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jim. Do it for us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they just have this little bit of dialogue at the very end that we still haven't managed to get to, where she says, yeah. "That was you were great, Ducky, and he says, I'm so alone here. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my family. You realize that my you're world. not even a fallback position. You're my, I have no choice girlfriend. You know that, right? You're the only person I've met who hasn't tried to kill me in some way. <laughs> uh, no, he says something, something, something toots, because he calls her toots all the time. Yeah, and he says, not bad for a duck from outer space. Yeah. Oh, wait, he's from <sighs> outer space? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> the end. Mm. So, Steve? Yeah, yeah. What's your opinion of Howard the Duck? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Jason. Um, I didn't really like it. Not not all that much. Yeah. Uh, or at all. It's weird. Um, I didn't really like it either, but I didn't hate it. You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's just sort of there. <laughs> It's it's not like I mean it's really bad. But it's, it's like that it, creepy guy at the ice cream parlor who's just sitting in the corner. He's not doing anything yeah. offensive. Yeah, but he's not, there. There's just something <laughs> unsettling about him. But yeah, I mean it's the it's it's weird. It's one of the strangest movies I've ever seen. It's one of the, it, the only reason this movie got greenlit was because of George Lucas. Yeah, and and it seems like they did other than you know building the duck costume and coming up with some of the practical effects that they use to just sort of make the movie happen. Well, I mean, don't forget the that, visual effects for the Dark Overlord. The Dark, yeah, and the those end. were those were well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, 
in, on a story level, on a character level, they, it seems like this just wasn't developed at all. Nope. Like they they hung everything. I, I, when we said at the beginning of the summary that the, the the overriding comic perspective is he's a duck, like that's it. <laughs> that's it. It's a one. It, it's, it's one joke the entire. It's movie. one. It's yeah. It's oh, his planet is funny because it's ducks, not humans, yeah. and he's on our planet, and he's a talking duck. And there are we get into the movie where we're over halfway into the movie, and they are still doing that joke where people see him and have crazy end. reactions. I mean, it's like we don't need to see that for the entire movie. Yeah. The movie's been on for almost two hours, and there are still people who are going, oh, a duck! Like, okay, <laughs> fine. We, like, we've been there. We've been there. And there, it's like, I, I, I was trying to think about it after I watched it, and I thought it's almost as if they were writing the script and they put all of these really lame cliches in the script mm -hmm. as though they were placeholders and they were going to put the jokes in eventually, <laughs> but they just never got around to writing the jokes. No, they didn't. But one of the big problems is, is that one of the things they did was they completely changed the Howard character from the source material to yeah. the movie to make him quote unquote friendlier. Right. They also turned him turned him into kind of a creepy weirdo, um, a yeah. sexual predatory kind of way. <laughs> but, um, um, one of the problems is that uh, Howard really doesn't have any character at all. No, no. At he all. changes from scene to scene. He has lines. Yeah, yeah. That's it. He's not a tough guy. He's not a he's not a, a, a wise-cracking Bugs Bunny type character. He's not knowledgeable. He screams a lot. He panics a lot. Um, he he is what they want him to be for each scene as it goes along. And, and thus, yeah. his entire character is watered down. And one of the problems is, is that you cannot write jokes for a character if that character has no character to begin with. So that's why we get all of these side gags and puns and just bullshit. Just people, it's a duck! A lot of his comebacks don't make any sense at all. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, he has a line that he uses twice, I think, in the movie. that it, Where he says, on my planet, we never say die, we say kill. Is that, what is wait, that? Is that funny? It's not. I think it's, it's, I guess it's supposed to be funny. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's presented like, huh? Like they expect to get a laugh out of it, yeah. and they thought enough they of it to use it. The voice for uh, one of the other problems is his voice. His voice is not good. No, who did they want? Jason Alexander. Really? Yeah, he was one of the people considered to, to do Howard's voice, and I think Jason Alexander's voice would be perfect, to be quite yeah. honest. But I guess they wanted. I think they pitched him younger because he he's got this childlike appearance to him. Yeah, but which doesn't work when he's trying to come off as grizzled and, and streetwise. There's even a line in the movie that says that he learned he wanted to learn from the streets or some bullshit like. That. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and it doesn't work. His voice is youthful. His look is useful. It doesn't help that he's wearing children's clothes through most of the film. Yeah, yeah. It's just that the film, the film itself, the script isn't smart. The characters aren't smart. Beverly is a character to a certain extent, kind of. She definitely has a thing that makes her unique, and that's the fact that she wants to <laughs> fucking have sex with a duck. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that's never developed in any way other than well, I guess she's just nor sort does of she a seem to have any moment where she's like, I've gone insane because I want to have <laughs> sex with a duck. Look, the fucking the duck thing is not a big deal. If they sold it well, we'd buy it. Okay, we'd buy oh, it. Oh sure, but she doesn't ever have a moment of like, oh my god, I'm gonna, I I don't know what's wrong with me. Her friends seem okay with it. They treat the entire thing like it's a relationship. When they when the yeah. rest of her bandmates. 
meet Howard, they're all like kids in high school. Like, oh, she's mean on him. And it's like, okay, we've just oscillated between the rest of the world freaking out because he's a duck and her friends who are like, when is she going to fuck that duck? Right, exactly. But I think that comes back to what you were saying about the way they write Howard and the way they write, really, the way they write the other characters. Almost as well, everybody, cause, yeah. Because Phil's character is the same way, where he, he acts a certain way to get to a particular joke, yeah. and then he acts a different way to get to another joke. There's no consistency in the characters, and there's no consistency oh. in the world. Yeah. And yeah, you can't write jokes like that, because humor depends, a good humor. A good humor de- depends. It depends on on creating expectations yeah. that you can then defy or undermine mm-hmm. or or fulfill in unexpected ways. I mean, you there have to be rules mm-hmm. and there have to be expectations for, for jokes to land. The and biggest just problems with a lot of comedies is that they assume that you just write a funny line and people will think it's funny. But for most successful comedies, you establish characters with specific traits and then you work off of those characters and traits to create humor in the film. Right. This is just puns and bad jokes and weird lines and people googly-eyed staring at a duck. Yeah. So, and really terrible, terrible timing. And, like, oh like my God. With the, the bit at the diner where he keeps sitting up and yelling for Jennings to help him. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. Did, did they, did anybody with any comic did they use timing all have the anything takes? to do with this? <laughs> did they use yeah. all the takes? <laughs> Well, there's up. another shot where he sits up and says something. We got to put this in too. The only person that approaches any kind of sense of comedic timing is Jeffrey Jones, is Jennings, and the Dark Overlord. Yeah, because he has a whole air of I don't give a fuck. I know exactly what I'm doing, and this is ridiculous. Yeah, and and when he gets to the Dark Overlord bits, he gets to just completely go over the top. Yeah, exactly. And just say to hell with this. It's one of the reasons. Yeah. One of the re- you don't want to know why I think she took my eggs is funny because it plays against the character that he has established up until that point. Yeah, which is I'm an evil dark overlord. He's had his whole monologue, right? He's had his whole monologue where I come from the nexus of whatever and we're going to yeah. come down and da 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 da. And all of this craziness is going on in the diner. And he just looks down and he goes, she took my eggs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the reason why that joke lands. That's why it's funny. And it's also delivered well. Ugh. Another one of the problems that they had with this is that the the character in the suit was going to be delivering all the lines, but surprise, surprise, no one can understand a word he was saying inside the suit because he was wearing a gigantic rubber head and he was trying to see through the mouth... (laughs) So they were like, okay, screw it. We're going to ADR everything. So the entire movie was done and edited before they actually got a voice for that character. And then they had to sit there and ADR all of his dialogue back into the film. And that kills timing, for one. Yeah. (laughs) And two, um, and this is one of the other things, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of ADR in here. There's a lot of needless ADR of, like, every time, every time Howard is getting thrown out of a place, which is frequent, (laughs) the person throwing him out is saying something. Yeah. But hey, their mouth ain't moving. And we can see them. We can see their head. Their mouth isn't moving. And they do that for characters in the background, in the foreground. And I have a feeling that all of that stuff was added to add more jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame because, again, even for that, they didn't bother writing jokes. No. Like, they... most of the things they say are just these weird throwaway lines or cliches or just generic stuff like, hey, look at that. Or, mm-hmm. you know. You know, um, this was this was going to be the big, um, this was supposed to be, a, they didn't really have 
tentpole films, but this was going to be the big, big production. I remember um, in the theater seeing a poster for Howard the Duck, and I was a comic books fan, and I was I actually said, are you kidding? <laughs> is this a joke? Someone made Howard the Duck, and then I saw George Lucas, and I said, no, this is really a joke. Who in the movie theater put this poster up? This is impossible. I was, I was so wrong, Steve. I was so terribly wrong. It was possible. Yeah, no, it wasn't, because we saw the end result. <laughs> well, it happened anyway. Yeah, so what happens when you have a comedy that's not funny? Because a lot of people, some people blamed the costume, that the costume was at fault. Costume's not at fault. No, not at all. It may not be the greatest costume in the world, but that's, that. You know, what's the old adage? A poor artist blames his tools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my thought exactly. I when, I when I saw the movie and then I went back and was reading reviews of it and stuff to prepare for this, I was, uh, that is one of the most common, you know, complaints that, oh, it's just technically it was bad. The, du- the duck suit was terrible. And th- that, to me, wouldn't even make my top five nope. of problems with this movie. I no. mean, it's 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 just a terribly written movie. That's it's, the number one problem. I mean, when you start off with a weak foundation, and that foundation is the script, and it and it feels like they 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 went out of their way to try to make this the source material appeal to a, as broad an audience as possible. And that's the other thing: tone is all over the place in this film. Yeah, I have you have no idea what tone is when you go from kiddie stuff to really kind of raunchy grown-up sex stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable because you're probably sitting there with your five-year-old kid <laughs> who immediately turns to you and goes, do ducks have tits, Daddy? Uh, uh, oh, uh, God, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that. Are they boyfriend and girlfriend now? No. Oh, what was that thing just, in his wallet? I don't want to talk to you. I can't look you in the eyes anymore, Kevin. <laughs> just shut up and watch the movie. <laughs> oh, God, I'm a terrible father. <laughs> what are those men going to do to Beverly? I don't have... I can't answer kid. that question now. <laughs> They're just bad men. <laughs> See, the thing is, is that there are seeds to what could have been, and I wouldn't say a success, you know, overwhelming. I don't think that there's any way to make this a classic film where people look no. back at the 80s and go, oh, Howard the Duck was so funny. But there were ways. That, and I think that's one of the frustrating things about it is, is the premise is just as wacky and weird. And I appreciate wacky and weird. I appreciate yeah. people taking risks with a film. And let's face facts, they were making a movie about a talking duck. <laughs> you, you don't get more, much more risky than that, but you don't go into something about a film about a talking duck without having you know having a gun in your pocket you have to have something to bring other yeah. than a talking duck and they don't have it <laughs> apparently not I mean there's a difference between um, a movie like this and maybe a more typical bad movie because even most bad movies even movies that just fail at every level oh yeah you you can usually tell what they were trying to do yeah. you know you could that you can see the mark that they were aiming at and it's just that they did didn't get anywhere near it. No. But with Howard the Duck, it's watching this movie, sitting there trying to imagine what reaction did the filmmakers want me to have <laughs> as the audience? Like, what am I? Because there are scenes where it's literally, it's very difficult for me to, to even imagine. Is am I supposed to think this is cute? Am I yeah. supposed to think this is gross? Am I supposed, am I supposed to identify to think, with Howard? Yeah. Like, what was the what reaction were they hoping to evoke from the audience? <laughs> I most of this movie, I don't even know what to say. I, <laughs> Like, well, I don't even know what they were trying to do, let alone what they failed to do. And I think the thing is, is that I don't think anyone else did either. I don't think anyone yeah. making the film really had a clear idea of what it is that they wanted to do or what the tone was going to be or whatever. I think that they were thinking, we'll stick Lucas's name on it. They'll have lots of special effects and it'll make a shit zillion dollars. And the problem with that is, is that that is not how good movies are made. You you, no. you make a shit zillion dollars by making a good movie. And they didn't do that. This whole, the whole film feels rushed. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. And, you know, 
yeah, and this is just a tiny quibble. This is the first time that I ever saw San Francisco, one of the most beautiful cities in the world, stand in for Cleveland. <laughs> Why not just set the movie in San Francisco? Many people may not know this, but uh, I I know all of the locations where they shot, and I know I've been to most of them. I know where all of them are, and uh, the museum—that's the California Academy of Arts and Sciences and Golden Gate Park. All of the places I knew where they were filming it in San Francisco. Some of the street corners when he's wandering around, the bus that he's on is a muni bus in San Francisco, and I'm kind of like, just set it in San Francisco, guys. This is ridiculous. So, uh... I mean, it's not like it had to be Cleveland. There's nothing <laughs> no. about the story that no. wouldn't work in another city. Maybe they wouldn't believe that we had junkie areas in San Francisco and that there were bands of, of white gangs yeah. <laughs> dressed like they came from a music video. No, they knew that if they said it in San Francisco, we'd all be waiting for Dirty Harry to show up and just start <laughs> blowing people away. Not in my town. I'm going to get that duck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pluck that duck's feathers. Oh, you too, Dirty Harry? Damn it. There's laws on the books about bestiality, Beverly. (laughs) (laughs) What about the rights of that duck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm all broke up about that duck's rights. So, for their first outing into uh, movie theaters, Marvel did not do well. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think the reputation of this film as being bad is is uh, is uh, set in stone. But is it the most awful thing we've ever seen? Oh, I wouldn't say so. No, neither would I. No, no, not at all. Like I said, despite some of the weirdness and some of the gross jokes and all that other stuff, it's not offensive. It doesn't leave you... You don't feel angry. You just no. feel like you've just <laughs> dropped some of your time into a bowl yeah. and you're never going to see that time again. I, I feel confused <laughs> more than anything. I don't feel upset <laughs> or, I, you know, offended. Do I want offended. to fuck a duck now? What's going on? <laughs> what did I just watch? How is this a thing that exists in the world? <laughs> so, uh, recommend or not recommend, Steve? No, I mean, no, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, if, if you've never seen it and you're curious, I mean, it is it is fascinating in its own way. Don't, but... don't say if you're curious, in which the main point of the movie is whether or not a woman's going to fuck yeah. a duck. If <laughs> If you if you want to see a movie where a a mid eighties Leah Thompson almost has sex with a duck mm-hmm. in her underwear yes, I, in her underwear where she yes, nearly takes her top off too yeah so if I mean you know and that's that's a good what three minutes of the movie yeah let, <laughs> so, let's face facts her choices have not been great okay no. she made Back to the Future before this where she nearly had yeah. sex with her own son that's true that's true she, she followed does... it up with a movie in which she nearly had sex with a duck. <laughs> <laughs> you think there was a, a a conversation with her and her agent? Do you think like... that there's a third? That this is Leah Thompson's secret trilogy that she only knows about? And then <laughs> we're in the next the next planned movie. Just, oh, I hope I get a, a movie where I almost have sex with a car. Yeah. And then she's complete. She retires from acting. I guess what she was originally supposed to be the lead in Herbie Fully Loaded. There you it go. Was, it was under development for so long. Well, the title sounds like a porno, it. so she must have gotten excited. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> so, you know, you're not going to No, I will not. I, I don't recommend it, now. Yeah, I'm not going to recommend it either. Guys, there's no quotable lines from this movie. There's no inside jokes that you need to know about Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck is the joke. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mostly, it's disappointing. I think it was disappointing. A lot of people went expecting it to be good, and it turned out just to be, uh, <laughs> and confusing. Is it the worst thing we've ever seen? No, because Steve and I have watched those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. If I had to choose between this and Heaven's Gate, I'd watch Howard the Duck on a loop for the rest of my life than watch Heaven's Gate a second time. Yeah, and it would still not be as long as Heaven's Gate. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm on my ninth viewing of Howard the Duck. Oh, Heaven's Gate hasn't gotten them, gotten them out of college yet. Yeah, they're still at fucking Harvard. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> now, if we mashed ha- ha- <laughs> Howard the Duck and Heaven's Gate together and called it Howard's Gate, <laughs> and went to Howard the Duck playing the Chris Christopherson oh, character. Now you got a movie. Yeah, because I'll tell you this much, the woman from Heaven's Gate would probably fuck that duck in the first scene she's in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So Marvel needs to buy the rights to Heaven's Gate and needs to make that happen. Now, here's the thing. If Marvel decided to make a Howard the Duck movie now based on the actual character from the comics, that might work. I think it would. The reputation of this Howard the Duck has a lot of people having a knee-jerk reaction. I remember after the Guardians of the Galaxy, I said, maybe they could make a Howard the Duck movie. Most people's (laughs) instinctive reaction was, no, oh my god. No. Based off of this 1986 movie. movie. I think now if 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 they incorporated the Howard character into another movie first like if they gave him more than just a one-line cameo in the next guardians movie actually he, you know and what? he was funny I, I thought maybe he should just make little cameos throughout the rest of the marvel universe like he's been doing in the comic books yeah yeah just have him pop up yeah and have him be get, an easter yeah, egg yeah, yeah. You know, give him wait. something funny to do yeah. in each and movie then, and then have him be the one that kills thanos <laughs> oh now you're talking now you're talking and now that you've put it out there it has to happen are you <laughs> hey russo brothers are you listening <laughs> Howard the Duck has to be the guy. Okay, how we've gotten that foul movie behind us. Get it? Duck puns. It's corrupted me. (laughs) Because ducks. We go on to movies that we would like people to watch and sure. are hopefully related to this. So, hey, oh. Steve, what yeah. duck-related movie did you watch? <laughs> there are so many duck-related films mm-hmm. from which to choose. Um, no, I did not choose a duck-related film. I actually, I, I, I try to approach these recommendations a little bit different every time. And, and this time... A talking beaver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Mel Gibson puppet You didn't puppet choose movie. It's a Talking Cat, did you? No, 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 no. Um, no, it's, I I sort of look at this recommendation, like, you know, there was there was a book that came out a few years ago that was like a diet manual called This Not That. Right. Where they give you like two options, like a, a Whopper or a Big Mac. And it's like, well, you probably shouldn't eat either one of them. But if you want to have, if you have to have one, you should eat it's this one Whopper. instead of that one. It's the yeah. Whopper. Whopper's yeah, it's so the Whopper. It's the Whopper. Absolutely. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, McDonald's um, is inmate food. Why don't we just face facts? <laughs> that's that's one of the most damning things about our culture. I think that McDonald's is the most popular fast food joint. But anyway, um, so so I'm looking at this as a this not that situation because the the movie I'm recommending is not. I mean, it's not a terrible movie, but it's not what I would call a great movie. But it it, it is similar to Howard the Duck in several ways. It doesn't have to do with a talking animal, but it does have to do with sort of an unusual person, a, a thing that isn't usually thought of as like a thinking sentient being oh God, but I'm is scared. nonetheless no well I'm the, the the movie I'm recommending is is Short Circuit oh um, number five is alive no, yeah Johnny, Johnny Five and because he, number he's number five not a, thinks that your your performance of an Indian person is offensive <laughs> I'm looking at you Fisher Stevens never work again um, Fisher Stevens <laughs> number five does not like your cultural appropriation <laughs> Um... But no, so I'm recommending Short Circuit. Not a great movie, but but an enjoyable movie, and and a movie that is at, at least succeeds in many ways. That it's Howard on the, the same Duck level. Doesn't. It's on the same yeah. level. It, it I tries mean, not, to, not as it's funnier. <laughs> it's funnier when it tries. It, it 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 tries to be cute and often is cute. You know, yeah. the, number five is an endearing character. I think, yes. unlike Howard, and uh, it's it's so it's it's and it came out the same year. Actually, it came out just a couple of months before Howard yeah, it the did. Duck. Yeah, and it did. Um, it's a very similar sort of movie, like a fish out 
out of water type of, you know, just as Howard is supposedly trying to figure out how to be a duck in a man's world. Number five, you know, is struck by lightning and he's a robot who then becomes like a a Mm self-aware person and he has to sort of figure out what that means. And um, so it's this is my this versus that recommendation. If you want to see a movie that tries to do most of the stuff that Howard the Duck does, but actually does it a little better and with and while never quite reaching greatness is at least a very enjoyable fun movie to just watch and be diverted for an hour and a half i would recommend short circuit directed by the same dude who directed saturday night fever that's right yes and it also has the goot in it (laughs) (laughs) yes yes during his his career renaissance of come back goot we miss you (laughs) we didn't mean all those bad things we said We've seen what the alternatives are to someone uh, to a movie without the good in it, and it's not yeah. good. <laughs> the, the, you know, they could come back and do another Three Men and a Baby if they wanted to. They could do Three, three men, men and a Middle-Aged Woman. <laughs> three Men and a Middle-Aged Woman, yeah, come on. Where they're all in an old-age home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Short Circuit, too. Yeah. Anyway, except for a couple of other things. And I still don't know what stat means. <laughs> It's inside joke, guys. You gotta go see Short Circuit. See Short Circuit. There was a couple of movies I wanted to recommend. Um, One is a new movie that you can find on Netflix right now. Um, And I wanted to recommend it, but it's a guarded recommendation because it isn't a great movie. I was entertained by it. Um, And it's also a nostalgia movie. It's very nostalgic for the 80s and a very specific kind of movie from the 80s. And that movie is called The Turbo Kid. And um, if you were a fan like I was back in the 80s of these B-movies, movies like uh, Metal Storm, The Legend of Jared Sin, or <laughs> anything that was in 3D in the late 80s that had Michael Ironsides in it, um, then you will understand what this movie is is an homage to. It is an, an homage to it, but it's also excessively gory. <laughs> it is one of the goriest movies I have ever seen in my life. Gory to the point of early Peter Jackson films. And if you... If oh boy. Those, yeah, that's... Yeah, gory to that extent um but it captures the spirit of those movies really well but with a a better script and and characters that you actually enjoy watching it was made in new zealand so some of the actors sound american a few of the actors sound very very uh like they're very much from new zealand and the idea is is that it's the post-apocalypse kind of there was like some sort of robot war and also the world's being ruined by acid rain which i think is a perfect touch for a movie that's supposed to be parodying something from the 80s because everyone was freaking out over acid rain in the 80s and now yeah. apparently it's destroyed everything everyone needs water there are no cars and everyone rides dirt bikes <laughs> not motorized dirt bikes bmx bikes that's what they ride around in and it follows his adventures of this kid who's kind of alone and he he meets this girl and he runs afoul of an evil evil one-eyed dude named zeus who is played by and uh it's the only reason i'm recommending the damn movie even though he is slumming it and he's not even trying that hard michael ironsides is the evil <laughs> evil villain in this 80s homage film which means he knows exactly what his career has been for much 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 of his life and he does not care um yeah uh biker gangs dressed up like mad max guys uh violence lots of violence no sex no nudity no uh gross uh rapey kind of stuff going on nothing like that you don't need that stuff yeah but violence that'll make your jaw drop off (laughs) 
So if you don't like gore, don't see Turbo Kid. I just watched it the other night. I don't have any information in front of me because I was actually going to recommend a different movie from the 80s. And then I thought, well, fuck it, Turbo Kid. <laughs> they barely, they barely, it was made for almost no money. And uh, it, it was getting great reviews when it was on the, uh, when it was out uh, touring at all the film festivals and stuff. And I didn't, and here's the thing, I didn't watch it because when I saw it in my Netflix queue, I thought it was an old movie from the 80s. And mm-hmm. the poster art that they used for it looks like awful poster art from the 1980s as well. <laughs> Um, so I didn't watch it. Hey, Jason, what movie were you going to recommend? Uh, some fucking shit called Roger Rabbit. But I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. But uh, do you really need a recommendation to go watch Roger Rabbit? Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I was going to bring it up was because it's similar. Yeah. But it does everything right. <laughs> it's better? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better. And here's something they don't do. Explain the concept. Yeah. At no point did anyone do the history of why these cartoons are alive in this world and why they have their own little ghetto and all that other stuff they jump right into the story and they just go if it's that important to you you're 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 missing the point exactly it doesn't matter look donald duck and daffy duck are on the screen together stop asking questions exactly look there's (laughs) mickey mouse and bugs bunny doing a scene together stop complaining (laughs) roger rabbit could also be called easter eggs the movie because god almighty (laughs) oh my god yes but I, I recommended the Turbo Kid instead because I want to give some love to some independent filmmakers from New Zealand. And also, Michael Ironsides, I've, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to just give you a big hug and tell you everything's going to be okay in every movie that you've ever been in. Even Starship Troopers. <laughs> Though your character probably wouldn't like it. And he's like, get off me. <laughs> Don't touch me. Huggings for the week. <laughs> the Turbo Kid. All right, that's it. You guys disagree with us? Is Howard the Duck your family film? The one that you guys bond together? The one where your father stops beating you for once and doesn't drink for two straight hours while he watches Howard the Duck and you laugh together. Like father and son or father and daughter is supposed to. And in that yeah. blessed, blessed period where he's not constantly talking about how your mother's a whore and about how <laughs> you are both disappointments you can pretend. Maybe while Howard the Duck is on TV that this is what a normal family's like. Watching a movie, not getting hit. <laughs> Where am I going? I, I got lost in my own narrative. You, you, I just wrote a better movie. You had to go to a really dark place to come up with a justification for people liking Howard the Duck. <laughs> okay, if you're mentally imbalanced and like Howard the Duck and also like our show, we're not going to tell you that you're wrong for liking no. it. No, no. But if you're upset, let us know. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> If it'll make you okay feel movie, better. Yeah, whatever. You like what you like. Follow your bliss. <laughs> dig what you dig, you know? Yeah. Just because we're right and Just you're don't insane force other doesn't mean Oh, and if also, if there's movies that you want us to recommend, please let us know. Lots of people have recommended a lot of great movies that I, I seem to, I don't want to review because I chose Howard the Duck this week. How many people are taking it so personal? Like, <laughs> I recommended so many great movies for them to review and they're doing Howard the <sighs> fucking Duck. Don't take it personally. Um, I'm trying to strike a balance between uh, good movies and bad movies, movies that have a bad reputation as well as movies that have a good reputation. We've done a, a crap ton of movies that have a good that have a, a good reputation and uh, I was actually struggling Steve can confirm this because I couldn't think of any other movies that have a really awful reputation that influence oh, yeah. uh, you know that, uh, that last 
lasted. And then I I, I watched uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, and I remembered Howard the Duck for some reason, thinking, <laughs> "Oh, I I wish I was watching Howard the Duck." <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Not the movie, just Howard the Duck standing there uncomfortably while I stared at him. <laughs> Dance for I, me, Duck. <laughs> I too projected Howard the Duck onto the cinema screen when I was watching <laughs> Batman v Superman. And, oh man, if only Howard the Duck were here, just saying some smart ass thing, you know, that would be great. <laughs> but you know, Superman would break his neck and then Batman would shoot his corpse and then yeah. that would be the end of the movie. And then Batman and Superman would kiss. And- <laughs> And you'd hear David Goyer and Zack Snyder high-fiving each other from the back row. <laughs> They'd be too busy making out. Yeah. Um, we did it! Freeze frame of them jumping in the air. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, we just sank into a huge pool of hate. <laughs> we're not done being upset about a movie that we said we were behind us. Uh, it, it's, it'll, mo- it'll haunt us Steve, forever. Steve, that movie is in our rear view, right? Yeah. We yeah, are we're moving not, forward. We're not gonna we're not gonna be like we're here's here's the kind of people we're gonna be. We're gonna be the kind of people that will continue to piss and moan about it privately. We're not gonna do it on the show. <laughs> If you guys want to know what it's like between the two of us before we start recording, <laughs> it's usually just us crying about <laughs> fucking Batman v Superman. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. It's like where where we send each other uh, private messages where we don't even directly refer to it. It's just, did you see it? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. It's like we're in the mob. We know. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, yeah, please send us, go to the Let Me Listen contact page, send us your recommendations for good movies, classic films, or if there's a movie that you think is awful that that is important and the people reference as pop culturally significant, whether it's awful because it was a massive disappointment financially, which happens, or if it was um, disappointment, you know, critically and, and audiences hated it or whatever, And but maybe you personally like it and you're like, I don't get it. Why doesn't this movie get the love that it deserves? Let us know. Anything is a source of infra- inspiration for us because we're not very creative. <laughs> we'll steal any ideas you have. Exactly. So, uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been Jason Harding. Uh, Steve. And, and this has been Steve Shives. And go see a movie this week. Goodbye, Duck World. <laughs> can we blow it up? Please. That Please, been... can we blow can it? Can we crypt on that fucking planet? I was hoping that like Tim Robbins would bump into the spectroscope thingy and it would just blow up the entire planet. Can't we do a crossover where Brainiac absorbs it? I don't uh, even know. He'd do it distastefully. Yeah. No, he, he shrinks it down and puts it in a little bottle like Candor and then Superman <laughs> throws it against the fucking wall. Or into the sun. Yeah, he likes to throw things into the sun. <laughs> he should have done that more. In the new movie. Uh, if I was Superman in that movie, I wouldn't stop until the planet was bare. <laughs> Just keep flinging things under the sun. Uh. <laughs> Finally, some peace. I don't have to be responsible for anybody. <laughs> we did it, it again. We did it again. <laughs> we can't crawl out of this plane of hell. I don't remember Dante creating this one. <laughs> it just It's just going to take time. It's only been a few days. Was it the ninth level where it said critics who disliked Batman v Superman? Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Wait, you were going to say something? I was going to say that's that's the level where Dante was rushed through. Like, no, 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 we don't need to stop. <laughs> don't look in there. Just go. Don't look in there. Your eyes will melt out of your head, Dante. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, look, there's Brutus and Cassius and uh, Judas. Look, see, that's weird, right? But just the wailing from that level. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, he, like, closes the door. Come on, let's go. <laughs> 
Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> At least we ended it on an upscale Dante reference. Yeah, we're smart. We're, we're literate. Yeah, let's keep telling ourselves that. This show is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmelistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie. Late Seating is a Lemmy Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmylistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening.